Well, I am so glad that uh, I can be here with you this evening, Christmas coming, and um, wanted to, before we begin, just uh, encourage you as you came in, everybody got one of these um, programs, and part of it is a, um, a communication card, and I just want to encourage you right now to rip that off, okay? I don't hear ripping. It'll sound like this. It won't sound exactly like that because it's perforated, but um, I ripped mine off already. Here, what I'd like you to do is at the end of the service, we're going to collect these with the buckets that are on the floor. Not right now, but um, and every night we're going to give away a $100 Leopold chocolate gift card um, randomly to a randomly selected card. This is online as well. You can fill some things out online, and the same thing goes with online. Why, why are we doing that? So I want to encourage you to put your name on it, and we'll collect it later. Here, here's why we're doing this, because church is not an event that you go to once a week or maybe even once a year. Church is not a show. Church is a spiritual family. And, and you can't, if you're part of a spiritual family, that means you know them and they know you. And so we just really want to get to know you. There's a spot for prayer requests there. There's a, if you make a decision later on in the service, you can check one of those boxes. But I just want to just encourage you, if we have your information already, just put your name down. Um, maybe you go to a different church or out of, from out of town, or you have another church in the area that you go to, and, and that's great. I, I, kn- I know that Bridgewater isn't the church for everyone, but I also strongly believe that everyone needs a spiritual family. Everyone needs a church. And so I just want to encourage you to do that as we get started. Um, we're also going to not have services here this Sunday. It's going to be online. But on the second, we're starting a new series called We're All Freaking Out and Why You Don't Have To. And if you don't know anyone freaking out, um, you're not paying attention to the people around you. So um, it's very practical. It's going to be four weeks long. I want to encourage you maybe to make a commitment to come to church four weeks in a row in January for this series. Because if you don't need this message about how we're all freaking out and you don't have to. There's certainly other people in your life around you that need to know this message. So um, we're going to get started with the Christmas, talking about Jesus' birth today, and it's so sad. So anyway, Jesus' birth. Here's the question I want to start with is, who do you want to spend Christmas with the most this year? Don't, you, you don't necessarily have to say it out loud. If you're married, you should say, um, you know, the person sitting next to you and probably not your kid. Um, but who do you want to spend Christmas with the most? I, I, I think for, for some of you, it's maybe even someone who's, who's gone and you wish you could spend Christmas with that individual, uh, but you can't. But with others of you, maybe it's someone who doesn't even exist yet, right? It's that fiance that I hope someday maybe or you know, that it'll all work out, or that baby that we're expecting, but, you know, maybe that hasn't happened yet, or um, for some of you, I, I know in the first service, we had a young man here from the Marines, and uh, he was back for Christmas, and so for some, it's maybe a family member that's been away a long time, and, and you can see him again. We're in church, so I know the right answer, who do you want to spend Christmas with most, is Jesus, okay? But, but other than that, maybe there's someone special Here's another question, maybe a little bit easier to answer. Who do you not want to spend Christmas with? Okay, please don't say it out loud, all right? Um, 
a lot of us, you know, there's, there's a very opinionated maybe family member or they're always wanting to talk about politics and you're like, oh no, Uncle Al, there he goes again. Um, who do you not want to... I, I think we all have family members that we love in small doses, right? And so, but here's where I'm getting at with that and, and you'd have different answers for those questions, but I want to answer this next question. Who does Jesus want to spend this Christmas with? Who does Jesus want to spend Christmas with? Because Jesus can spend Christmas with anyone. A hero from any time in human history, right? He could spend Christmas with that person. And angels in heaven and creatures in heaven that maybe are beyond our comprehension, Jesus could spend Christmas and maybe will spend Christmas with them but I want to tell you that there is no one Jesus wants to spend Christmas with more than with you. And, and that, that is really a hard to accept, kind of a strange idea. Um, and I think that's why Jesus came the way he came. He came as a baby in a, a stall, right, with, with animals around and and with a couple that really weren't famous or, or anything like that. And then who did he invite? He invited shepherds who were smelly and pro- not, not necessarily even godly at all. I mean, if I was God and I was going to send my son Jesus to the earth, I would have picked the, the godliest, the smartest, and the greatest human beings of all human history to be there for that reception. But that's not the way God did it. And I think he did it the way he did to help all of us here, no matter how insignificant you might think you are, that he really does. He came for you, he loves you, and he wants to spend Christmas with you. And so here's the story from Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Joseph, in a dream, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And just in case you don't speak fluent Hebrew, Matthew translates that word for us, which means Emmanuel, which means God with us going to call him Jesus, and Jesus in ancient Greek meant God saves. In fact, in Hebrew, the, 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 the mirror name of Jesus is Joshua. We have, I think, a couple Joshuas here this evening. Jesus, God saves, and God is with us. This is, this is how God chose to come into the world, and it was a way that is really marvelous and unexpected at the same time. Because Jesus didn't come down and then fix the mess that is the world. He came down into our mess to be with us in our mess and in our sin. He didn't didn't solve all the world's problems. He came into the world's problems and honestly suffered more of them than probably anyone here. I I don't think anyone here had a more lowly birth 
than Jesus being born in a barn and being placed in a feeding trough after his birth. I, I don't think anyone, very few, if anyone here, had a life as difficult as Jesus and certainly didn't have a death, I hope we don't have a death, as difficult as he had. So Jesus came to show us a different way of living and to show that God has different priorities than we have. I think a lot of people would think, as we think about life, what's important? I think many of us would say, well, I just want to be happy, or I just want my kids to be happy. We just want these babies to be happy, right? And that's, that's how, how we think, but God doesn't think that way. You know what God wants more than your happiness? He wants your greatness to blossom. God's goal for you is to make you the best possible version of you. And what that means is to make you more like Jesus. That's our, our mission as a church is to make more and better disciples of Jesus. That means more people more like Jesus because, because that's what's most important. I had... Um, coffee. Actually, he had coffee. I had hot chocolate because I hate coffee, but with a man in our church this last week, a few days ago, and uh, he was just telling me about his life and telling me about his grandkids and how much he loves them and how much he wants them to follow God and telling me about a godly grandmother that he had. And in that conversation, he said this. He said, these are the best days of my life. He's in his 70s. He has stage four terminal cancer. He itches all over. He has sleepless nights. He's went down for more tests today to New York City because uh, the more recent scans have shown that it's spread. He, he, has, he has physical pain. It's hard for him to get going in the morning. And, and he says, these are the best days of my life. How? because he's the best version of himself that he's ever been, because he accepted Christ as his Savior 16 years ago, and God has been working on him, and he is just becoming more and more like Jesus. And he laughed with me, and, and he, he, talked about, he talked about how emotional he's getting with the cancer, and, and you know, I mentioned, someone mentioned that to me recently, that's it's called emotional incontinence, you know, but anyway... But he, and, and just, but just, just such a joy in his life. That's what God wants to do in our lives, not remove all the problems, but in those problems to make us more like him, to reflect that glory of God. God wants you to be God-like, like him. That's his goal. And that's why Jesus came in the way that he did to show us that, man, it's not about being special and important and nobility and rich and all of that. He meets us right where we are, even if it's in a barn. And so God wants to live with you, Emmanuel, God with us. God wants to dwell with you. John 14, he says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back so that you will be, can be where I am. So this Jesus didn't just come to the earth 2,000 plus years ago to be with us 
in ancient history, but he's saying, I, I want to be with you in heaven forever. And not only that, it's not just about the past and about the sweet by and by sometime in the future, but he goes on in John 14, and this is the night before he's crucified. He's hours away from being betrayed and arrested and beaten, and he says this to his disciples, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Which means Jesus doesn't just want to be with us in heaven in the future. Just didn't come to be with us in ancient history on the first Christmas in the past. But he's saying, I want to be with you today. The Father and I both. Right, right now, God can be with you. He says, my Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Maybe you have a hard time believing that, that God would want to be with you. I've, I've talked to a number of people, and one of the reasons they put off making Jesus their Savior and surrendering their life to Him and making Him their Lord is because they say, I've I got to clean up my life a little bit first and make it more presentable. Right now, I mean, I'm just a mess, and i just got to clean up a little bit, and then, and then I'll be ready to come to God. That's just not going to work. The, the summer of, um, one of the summers when I was in my early 20s, I lived out in Willoughby, Ohio, in the home of the Michners. And Marie Michner had lupus, had a lot of physical difficulties, and one of the things her husband did to help her out was he hired a maid, who would, a woman who'd come in once a week and clean the house. This was interesting because that house was never dirty. But especially the day before the cleaning lady came, it was immaculate because she would just knock herself out. She's like, I'd be so embarrassed if she came and the house was dirty. And of course, her husband was like, that's not the point. I'm trying to help you. Will you just, you know, and it was just funny to watch them interact like that. But you know what? This is not what we can do. If we could clean up like Marie uh, Michener could clean up, Jesus would never have come because we could do it on our own. You can't be good enough. Worst case scenario is you, you clean some outer things up and you think you're good enough and become so self-righteous and proud of yourself that you're actually in a worse situation than you were before. And so just trust Jesus, ask him to save you, that's how Jesus came. He came into the mess to fix our mess. I just want to close with this story. Um, I've never shared this except in the service just before this. I've never shared this story publicly, and so it is a little bit embarrassing, so let's just keep it between, between us, okay? Don't let anybody know. Um, when I was a kid, I was a bedwetter, all right? And it was embarrassing, right? Especially once you start going to school. I mean, that's like a baby thing. And, and so it was just, so my mom at one point, she got out this poster board and Velcro, and she had these little Velcro cars that she put on the poster board. And, and, and as, you know, every day that my bed was dry, you know, there was another car that was, you know, and there was a spot for seven cars. And if I didn't get to, you know, if you, if it was wet, then all the cars went back into the garage, you know, and 
and I could play with them. If I got to day four, I got a fourth car that I could play. None of it helped. It be, because it wasn't something I was doing on purpose. It was something, in fact, I talked to a man after the first service. He's like, you're in the club, bro. <laughs> He's like into junior high. I'm like, junior high, man, that was terrible. I think that was first grade for me, you know. But I mean, it was just, here's the thing. My mom, one of the most godly people I know, but when I was growing up, she had a temper and she could blow she never, never blew up at me for wetting the bed. You know, my, my, some of my kids have struggled in the same way. Never blown up at them. See, our sin is like that. It's a mess. It stinks. It's got to be dealt with. God's not going to crawl and cuddle up in your bed soaked with pee in your sin. No, he, he says, no, this has got to go. It's got to be clean. But you know what? If you just ask him for help every single time, he'll come in and not be like, I can't believe I, Jesus died for you. You're doing this again. You're, no, he's not, he's not like that. He's going to come in and say, let me help. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive your sins and cleanse you, clean you, wash you from all unrighteousness. This is the God who sent Jesus Christ to be born in a mess because he wants to come into your mess and, and clean it up with you, for you. Will you trust him with your life? I want to close in a prayer and... Uh, just challenge you to do that if you've never, and, and maybe, maybe a long time ago you did make a decision to accept Jesus as your Savior, to make Him your Lord, but life has just gotten in the way and things have happened and there's things that, there's shameful things in your, in your life right now, there's sin, there's brokenness, I'm telling you His mercies are new every morning Every evening, so great is his faithfulness. Come to him right now. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to earth, into our mess, into a, a messy barn because you loved us. And God, I, I know you know what I've done. In fact, you know what everyone here has done the sins we've wanted to hide that we don't want anyone to know. And yet you still love us and you're ready to forgive us. And so God, I just invite you into my mess that you would just come and clean me up from the inside out, that you would take my sin and put it on the cross and let Jesus pay for it and save me and then help me to follow you and love you from this day forward for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to close with, um, we're going to light some candles in a little bit and close with a song, Silent Night. But before we do that, I just want to read and explain to you. In fact, the guys are going to come. And Actually, before we do the lighting of the candles, this is really important. If you made a decision tonight, 
um, I just want to encourage you to let me know. So take out that communication card, and, and there's a, a spot to mark on it. I accepted Christ as my Savior. I rededicated my life to Christ, or maybe something else, or maybe there's something I can pray for you about. Just want to encourage you, just check that, fill it out, put your name on it. And right now, all the, all the, there's buckets on the far left of all these rows. If you could pick up that bucket, just pass it down the row. Everybody put your card in there again. Um, we got a Leopold gift card for some lucky person who puts in your card. Um, we want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. And, and it is important that we need others to follow him. And so, so share with us what God is doing in your life and how we can pray for you. I, I, I want to just close with this passage from John chapter 1 to read to you just about the, the symbolism of the candle lighting that we're about to do. It's really about God who is the light coming to earth with that light. And then, and then one person at a time, one person accepts Jesus as their Savior and Lord and, and he lights that person up and then you need to share that truth, that love, that forgiveness that you've had. You need to share that with others and that's what these candles symbolize as one candle lights another down the road. John 1 says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I don't know if we have the men, if you can start lighting the candles, be great. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that was made, and in Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's all stand together as we close with this song, Silent Night.